PJ Coogan and Kitchen Table Productions present 20 Minutes With, a short podcast for a busy world. Hello and welcome again to 20 Minutes With. This is episode number 31. As always, previous episodes are on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest today is a musician, singer and songwriter. She burst onto the Irish scene in the 80s when she won a major television talent contest. Like so many others, Recession took Fiona Kennedy to America, where she built a reputation for herself, rubbing shoulders with some of the giants of the music business. And since then, it's been an adventure with many twists and turns, since Fiona played to 50,000 people at Cork's famous Shamsa Koshley as support act to the legend Chris Christopherson. I mean, I was there by myself with the guitar, Chris Christopherson was chatting to me before I went on, saying, you're going to be a great kid. You know, you're sure you don't want my band or, you know, and I, no, 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 it's grand. And out I went and sure, look, it was, I blew away. They were all singing along with me. It was just fantastic. Um, that was after I had won screen test which was uh, Ireland's first televised talent competition and that was my kind of that was when I was first kind of put under the spotlight really in uh, the Irish music industry I had just finished college at that stage I had got a degree in languages and my parents were hoping I'd uh, become a teacher do something sensible but no I wanted to do music and I had been playing gigs and um, playing in the Grand Parade Hotel and places like that when I entered this competition won it and uh, I was, you know, I, it was a huge springboard for me mm. into the into the business. Now, at this stage, I had no PA, I had no car, nothing. <laughs> so, like, I was hitchhiking to gigs. My dad was dropping me to gigs. I was borrowing gear. It was, you know, I wasn't set up for this at all. The offers I was getting at that time, PJ, was 1985, right? And the offers I was getting were from people who wanted me to be in a show band. Now, that was the absolute last thing that I wanted to do. Now, nothing in show bands, they were great, but the show band era was ending. It was a new thing. I was more in the Mary Black kind of Freddie White vein. Um, and I tried my best to, I had no connections. I don't come from a very well connected family or anything in the music industry. You know, I was down in Cork. I, was was there music in the family at all? I mean, are we yes. the first one to pick up a guitar? Like? No, 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 no. My two brothers were musicians. They were both great. Uh, my brother was a great banjo player, and my other brother, who has a band now, um, is a great singer and guitarist as well. And you know, they they, were, they taught me how to play, and we had a music all the time in our house. But as regards the music business and the industry, I had no connections. Um, I remember getting a phone call from the one and only Louis Walsh and we're getting a, a, a thing a message on the pad in the study a uh, man from Kilchima Louis Walsh <laughs> my, my, my father saying well, my pad, no, you mean writing pad not iPad oh, there was no, no writing pad anyway so skipping forward and um, this was the 80s the recession came in PJ the very bad 80s recession and the work just dried up there was nothing there for me um, you know I I I had no interest in moving to Dublin. I didn't know anybody in London, so New York was uh, beckoning. So I moved to America about a year after uh, playing on the Late Late Show. I had my own t- my own TV show, the Fiona Kennedy Special. I had my own one-hour TV show and everything on RTE. I was on all the shows, but like I couldn't actually make a sustainable living out of it, you know. 
Um, there was nothing in place at that time. It was very early, really, in, in the music industry in Ireland. And there was nothing in place for somebody like me to, to sort of build a career around me, you know. So I just took off to America. I don't, you know, it could have been a terrible mistake. I don't know. I mean, I've made many, many mistakes. But um, I started all over again. Went into pubs with my little tape in my Walkman and told them I actually had my own TV show in Ireland and I played with Chris Christopherson and they thought I was joking until I showed them, you know, the evidence on the cover of the RTE guide, all this stuff. And, um, yeah, I worked my way up and carved a name for myself um, in the Greenwich Village scene. So I was playing in the village and doing lots of work with a lot of people. I met Sting while I was there. I played with... um, Carol King one night I used to play it in a fantastic pub called the Red Lion Bleecker Street and uh, Carol King came in one night and came up and did some songs with me which was absolutely amazing like you're sitting there and you're going I know who she and, 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 and the great Carol King Imagine, comes up and shares I know how does that feel it's incredible yeah sure my husband Andy is always saying you know you should write about this people don't know this stuff and I, I sort of feel, you know, I'd feel like a right agent. You know, I know, I met this one and that one, but really, it is, it is fantastic. I'm privileged in the, the adventures I have had. Maybe it was a mistake, you know, to leave Ireland behind, but I, I just didn't know what else to do, and I did have amazing adventures. I played for the Kennedy family, um, in their home in Hyannisport. Uh, I was invited to play for a party for them, and it was an amazing experience. Bobby Kennedy Jr. heard me play in the Irish Arts Centre. And um, I ended up then in a studio called Skyline Studios, mm. where um, it was it was really famous because of the great Madonna. That's where she recorded uh, one of her first albums. And I got in there due to a tape being given to her producer, this guy called Jellybean Benitez, yeah. by an Irish carpenter who used to hear me play in a pub in the Bronx. So uh, hang on a second. Honest to goodness. <laughs> Yeah, so he, this guy he said, yeah, come here, I'm uh, working in a, a studio there. And this fella, Jelly Bean Benitez, owns it. And uh, I was telling him about you when he told me he'd give him a tape. Sure, I you know, thought he was only cutting me. Anyway, turns out Jelly Bean was impressed. And <laughs> he didn't make me into the next Madonna, but I recorded some songs there. And uh, I got a lot of airplay in America for that, in, in New York. And, um, you know, I, I did a lot of very high profile gigs there over a period of time over and back to Ireland and that and I met a man and I uh, decided to come back to Ireland mm-hmm. and he was from Cavan and we came back we got married and I moved up to Cavan mm-hmm. so this then was kind of another we'll say I suppose was kind of in the 90s then at this point so I started all over again then in Cavan because I had been out of Ireland I had been off you know off the scene mm-hmm. I had to kind of build myself mm. up again, so mm. I entered lots of song contests. They were a big thing at that time. Mm. And I had some success in song contests, and I ended up in the um, the National Song Contest, which was, you know, the, the contest to pick the song for the Eurovision. So I was in that a couple of times. Um, 
and ended up in the one actually that Charlie McGettigan and Paul Harrington were in. So unfortunately, unfortunately no one had a hope yeah, that night. No, no, the minute I heard them, I knew. I said, "Yeah, forget it, Kennedy. <laughs> it's all over." So I was on Nighthawks. I was on Kenny Live. I did the Late Late Show again. Things were going really well, um, and I brought out an album that time. Then. Um, called Crazy Love and it was nominated for an Irma Award which was a really really mm. big honour the other nominees were Sinead O'Connor and uh, I think Francis Black was up for it as well so like you know things were going very well however things were not going well on the marriage front at all things were not going well at all I ended up having to leave everything I had built in Cavan and I, I enjoyed living you know we were in a small little village in Cavan and I loved country life and everything and um, I, I met your your friend Liam Riley up there, and Liam played for the launch of my album actually with the great Clontarf cowboy Phil Donnelly, Philip Donnelly, who died lately. Philip played in my band with uh, with Liam um, in Cavan for the launch of Crazy Love, and sure we had, you know we had a great night. And I ended up through Philip Donnelly. I met um, Robin Robbins, who was a guy. He's the Robin Robbins was the keyboard player with um, Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. Oh, he was living in Northern Ireland, so he was at the launch and then we teamed up together and I played with him for a couple of years and we did some recordings together as well. So I think it was, you know, things were really good. And then the marriage went and that all kind of went by the way. So it too did because I had to leave and I had to leave my home and I had a baby at that point then. The baby was only nine months old and That's I had to tough. come back to Cork. That's so tough. again, I had to start, so I've had, I haven't made it easy for myself really, PJ. It's been an awful lot of starting from scratch again, but I, I always prevailed because I just fucking love playing, you know? Yeah. I just love singing, I love performing, and it's just, it's what I do, I know, like I could have gone teaching, I could have got a proper job, but really I couldn't, you know? Yeah. I, I, it just wouldn't be me. So Cork was kind of awful, to be honest. It was very difficult. It was very hard, and I didn't know anybody anymore. Why, 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 why was that? Because you've been away so long. And it was kind of embarrassing as well. I had no home. I was there with the baby. I was on the dole. They had seen me on telly, like yeah. you know what I mean. I was after God, Fiona Kennedy. You know, she did this, she did that, and yeah. there I was, kind of back with my tail between my legs, kind of thing. So I, I'm sure people didn't think like that at all. But of course, I thought that, and I yeah. thought, oh no, like God, I'm right failure here now. And were you back living at home or what? For a while, yeah. And my mom and dad were brilliant, like, but sure, I couldn't impose on them with a small baby. I mean, they were just out the gap with all of us. There's five of us. Yeah. And you know, I, I had to I had to get a rental accommodation, like, and find somewhere to live. I was renting for a good while. Um, so I built myself up. This was in the early noughties. It was the noughties, yeah. And um, I had to just start the start again. I was playing in pubs in Kinsale. I was playing in pubs all over the place. Anything to get make the week's rent. So. I kind of it was a backward step for me career wise yeah, yeah. but there was work to be had but it wasn't where you had seen the progression going no, no exactly a good way of putting it and I but I I just had to do it because I had to make money and that was it there was no way out of it so I got to the stage then PJ where I was working so hard and I have asthma and there was no smoking ban at that stage and I was in smoky pubs every night and my asthma got really bad and I was minding the baby during the day and I was out at night gigging and I got very sick and I knew something had to give you know so I moved into the wedding ceremony um, scene 
I had always played in, in the church when I was growing up. Mm. I was part of the folk group in Denny's Cross Church. So it was nothing new to me. Like I, I always enjoyed playing at Mass and stuff. So that turned out to be a godsend because it was daytime work for me. Mm. And um, it got me out of the smoky scene and I was able to be there then for It's, it's the a hard one stuff. to break into though, Fiona, because it can be a very closed shop. Well, I was one of the first people doing it, so I was kind of a groundbreaker, really, with that. There weren't a lot of people doing it when I started. I'm doing it, you know, I was one of the few people who was doing it, and I built that into a very good business, Mm. and I'm still doing it now, but that sustained me then. I went on um, to have another child um, six years later, and I have two daughters, and uh, then I kind of... I met my now husband, Andy, who I've been married to for 15 years. Well, no, we've been together 15 years. We've been married 12 years. And, uh, like, sort of from the sort of early noughties up then, you know, I've been playing gigs, but not putting my profile forward at all. I really, you know, I wasn't doing anything to make myself... Was it that you kind of got burned a bit previously or what? No, I just had to make a living. Yeah. I had no, no, time. what I mean is you had been rubbing shoulders with the big names in yeah. music. That happened once or twice and it always kind of went a bit off on you. Were you afraid that might happen again? Well, the reason it went off on me was not because of anything I did. Yes, it I was because that. of life. Yeah. And I, it wasn't, there was no fear there at all. It was because I just I didn't have the opportunity. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working and I was making money. I had to mind my family, yeah. and just the way things were, I was on my own like a lot of the time mm. with kids. So I, I really hadn't. I couldn't go out there and I, try to I, rub shoulders with the right people yeah. and be mixed, you know, moving and shaking. Like I remember you coming into my studio uh, on the radio program to do a couple of songs one Friday. Oh yeah. Uh, and you were running out the door to a ceremony. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. So I, I've just was always, you know, trying to just grafting. Like I've, I, I've been grafting for a long time, and it's unfortunate because, like, had I had more time, or maybe if things had been stable, if everything had gone okay in my personal life, I probably would have carried on in my trajectory. But I was always in the music business. Always. It must show. It does definitely show me how much you actually love it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And. I didn't ever give up, you know, and I always, I mean, I, you know, like Jeepers, I've done so many things in the last 20 years or more that I, I'd never change it. But then um, in 2016, I went to a kind of a, I went to a network meeting and I had to think about what I really wanted. Mm. And the first thing that came into my mind was, I want to make an album. I want to do another album. I had been recording, now I had done recordings mm. before that with Jimmy Smith. I had done um, an EP with Jimmy Smith. You know, it was opening for John Martin and all that kind of stuff. I had done a lot of things, but I hadn't done a full album again since Crazy Love. So that was it. That was my plan. And I brought out the beach. I did uh, crowdfunding before. I didn't even know what crowdfunding was. <laughs> but my husband lost his job just before I was about to record it. So we were thrown into disarray. And I, I thought the album was, no, you know, forget about your dream. So um, I decided to try crowdfunding. And cheapers, I raised 10 grand in six weeks. 
and the swell of support from people who all remembered me from years gone by and who had been coming to gigs throughout the years people whose weddings I had played at. It must be very gratifying Fiona is it? Oh it was fantastic it was wonderful I felt God I really felt so supported you know it's and I still feel like that even you know when I see people at my gigs or people send me messages and I'm sure a lot of people looking at my pages think Asher she takes no notice of that but actually it's huge support it really helps you to keep going and to go on to your next thing you know Mm. it's it was I I appreciate everything I really appreciate people's support so anyway the album was done uh, with Bill Shanley Bill is a wonderful producer, um, worked with Mary Black for a long time and um, it, was a, it was a great success. It was meant to be just an album so I'd have something really good and say, right, look, that's me sounding great at my prime. Mm. I have that note for my grandchildren. But sure, things took off. I got the bug again. The fire in the belly was lit. And I'm, not, uh, I'm wondering if it ever went out. No, it didn't. Look not at here. all. No, you're not at all. And I, I just started, you know, I started writing more songs and again, I started again from the bottom because all of the people in the business then in Cork and in Dublin, they were all kind of 30s and 40s. Mm. They didn't remember me. They didn't know, you know, they didn't remember anything I had done. So it meant nothing to them. So really, I had to start all over again, kind of in my 50s, which is not a good place to be when you're starting all over again particularly for a female in a very male-dominated industry. Um, but, it, you know, it's it's coming together and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Another album now out. Yeah, so there's another album coming now. I've had... Um, I did a lot of recording in the last couple of years, PJ. Um, um, I've done some writing with Jack O'Rourke. And Jack has been great support and uh, he's it really inspired me. You know, he's just a wonderful guy. He's just all about the music. And I have had a, just a wonderful creative flow in the last couple of years. Um, and the songs are coming thick and fast. And, uh, you know, I've recorded now with Declan Sennett, my latest one. Um, again, it went to number one in the iTunes chart, as did the previous song. Um, the latest song is a song about fishing with my dad and um, in Killarney it's called Where Else Would You Get It and it seems to be sort of very well received people are kind of connecting with it so um, like there's going to be there's a collection of songs forming now Is there still a thrill when people connect like you say with a song you put it out there you write it you're proud of it it's your baby you nurture it and then oh people like it is there, there's a buzz off that oh sure there, there's a huge buzz the whole thing is a terrible addiction it's an awful drug like but then you of course you're terrified as well that people won't like it but I suppose now these days I'm not as worried about that I'm more if I'm proud of something and I feel it's good enough to go out then whatever happens happens you know yeah. and of course if people like it you're you're delighted but again sure getting airplay is you know it's very hard and I know that up-and-coming young musicians need they need a, a springboard and they need to be helped of course they do but unfortunately then there's not a whole lot of interest in people that are older mm. that are bringing out new music it's kind of you're kind of excluded a little bit I see you know I, I a lot of the, the the sort of programs for Irish music mm. they're geared towards much a much younger oh. genre of music yeah. Yeah. you know so it that leaves Radio 1 which is hard enough to crack. Mm. 
mm. and um, certain certain programs. So I'm very grateful to the people who play me. I really, really am. Yeah, yeah. And there's some great people there that support kind of Irish musicians who they know are grafting for many years yeah. and are have paid their dues. Like, yeah. have you have you? I know that as we speak, you you were away doing a wedding ceremony today. But yes, pandemic was that tough. It was and it wasn't. It started off like a holiday. Then the awful reality set in and then I started writing. And that's when um, I did some stuff with Jack and I um, I just found the songs were coming. I had time, PJ, because I mind my mom as well. My mom is 94 and I look after her also. She lives very near me. So a lot of my time is spent um, there. And uh, I just have one daughter still at home and I kind of cut for time. So the, the, the pandemic was a help. It really was mm. for me to start writing. And um, I brought out four singles in less than a year and worked with people I hadn't worked with in a long time. Declan Sinnott produced my very first song because when I won Screen Test, I sang Don't Make My Brown Is Blue. Mm. But instead of bringing that out as a record, I wanted to bring out my own song. I was always kind of independent, like I still am. But I should have brought out Brown Eyes Blue, like that's the one people wanted to hear. But no, I had to do my own song. And I got Declan to do it. He was my dream producer at the time, you know. And it was just wonderful to be back with him now, all these years later, doing Where Else Would You Get It? And he did a fantastic job on it. So It's amazing um, how things come around, isn't it? Things come around. It's incredible. I got an email, would you believe? No, I got an email this week from somebody. I don't know who he is. Said, Fiona, I saw you on uh, social media. I remember you from the Grand Parade Hotel. And I Sandike Bear. Yeah, in there, Jerry Lucy. He had great faith in me, you know. He used to say, you are going to be huge. I'm telling you now, you're going to be massive. And this was before I won the, the big talent competition, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it is amazing. And it's amazing the number of people, our kind of age, that remember, you know, and that have said, yeah, where was she? And then some people had been watching me throughout because I never stopped playing. I just wasn't putting myself forward at all. And I never had a manager, PJ. I never had anybody behind me. I never had management. I never had money behind me. It was always just me. And it still is just me. So, but- It's working out for you. Absolutely. Like, the thing is you're autonomous. You're autonomous like you don't have to answer to anybody and you can record what you like and sing what you like. So that is, that's a great bonus, but I think you know more and more independent musicians now are kind of going that way i i think it is better but when i came up there was no rock schools i was i was just before you know i was just before school stefan nafa before all of that stuff i kind of came before all that so i don't have a degree from the school of music nothing like that i just went out there and did it where else would you get it Quick blast there of Fiona's new song, Where Else Would You Get It?, which is now available on all platforms. It was great to catch up, and cheers to Vince at the rendezvous on Model Farm Road for the quiet corner to record. Thanks, Fiona, for the chat, and thanks to you again for listening. I'll be back with a new interview next Saturday. If you want to catch up with older episodes, you'll find them on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, have a good week and stay safe. Thank you for listening to 20 Minutes With, a short podcast 
for a busy world. Please help to spread the word and watch social media for news of our next episode.